and boom goes the dynamite. It's Tuesday morning, ladies and gentlemen, and you know what that means. Kevin Ely and I are back with a brand new episode of The Boom. I'm your host, James B. McDaniel. Kevin, how's your week been, buddy? I think it was good. We were just talking about I can't I don't I don't remember much from this week. You have no memories from this week. I blacked out I had and had and I had a dream about Mike Tyson and Shibata and then I woke up that and it was time to record. Uh listen, we we'll talk about your crazy fever dreams a little later in the episode. I wish I couldn't remember this week. My god. <laughs> this was a heck of a week at work. I'm glad it's over. And today's my today's my Saturday. Tomorrow's my Sunday. So uh, as we're recording this on Sunday, I have Sunday, Monday off. And uh, thank God I've got one more day to do nothing. So let's talk about the, all the wackiness in All Elite this week. There was there was a lot. This was a strange a week. week in AEW. So wh- where do you even want to start? Let's see. Let's start with. Well, I was kind of going to say we should get. We should get some news out of the way first, but all the news is tied to things that happened on yeah. Dynamite this week. Let's start with, well, for, you know what? I want to start where the show started. So before we okay. quite get into Jeff Jarrett's debut, Tony Khan needs to learn how to debut people because he debuts people <laughs> nine times out of ten the complete wrong way. You've got Darby Allen in the ring. You've got Sting's music hitting. And uh, well, you've got a fake sting comes out and everybody assumes this is going to be a big deal. Fake sting beat up Darby Allen. Who's going right. to who is fake sting going to be? Is it the long awaited yeah. debut of John Cena? Is it the return of Cody Rhodes? <laughs> no, it's Cole Kevin. Conrad. And you want to want know how many people in that arena knew who Cole Conrad were, Kevin? Do you want to guess? Not a damn Cole, one. Cole Carter. Not one person in. I don't even know who it was. Cole, who, who am I saying? <laughs> Whoever it was, nobody knew who he was. I still don't know who he was. Yeah. It was the biggest flop. It was the biggest flop. Yeah. And then you follow it up by the most confusing debut with Double J Jeff Jarrett coming out. Yep. Popping pop, poppin Darby Allen with the guitar, throwing out yep. the slap nuts, uh, uh, kind of drop. Or, yeah. I don't Just even playing know. Playing his hits. Just playing the hits. Playing the greatest hits. And then, of course, talk highlighting the word impact yep. near the end of his promo yes which doesn't help for me at all in adjusting to Jeff Jarrett uh, now i have a very confusing <laughs> relationship with Jeff Jarrett uh Kevin Do you? in that when i listen to him on a podcast i really like him okay and i really respect his history in the business mhm but his time in wcw to me, was one of the worst times in WCW. His yes. time in WWE, to me, was one of the worst times in WWE. Also, his outfit in WWE was one of the worst things I've ever seen. <laughs> one of the worst things that's ever happened to me. And, of course, yeah. I still have Impact PTSD to this day. Yes. And, 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 and. Not just Impact. Jeff Jarrett is it. I have TNA. PTSD, yeah. and I will have it maybe for the rest of my life. And with this Cole Conrad Carter guy and Jeff Jarrett yeah. all coming in at once, it really brought back heavy, heavy TNA PTSD. Who's next? Dixie Carter was Cole Conrad Carter. Was that her son? I don't have a damn clue. <laughs> and throughout all of this, he's throughout in all the EC. Of, yeah, it's EC4. Throughout all, 
That's EC4 made his debut. And throughout all of this, unfortunately, I'm suffering through the fact that I'm looking at that crew and thinking, huh, Jay Lethal, this giant, and Jeff Jarrett, and this God knows who he is, don't make a bad little crew. This is the (laughs) beginning of something possibly good that I don't want. Yeah, that I, I don't want it, but my God, and also Darby Allen. Jumping and bouncing off Satnam Singh. Yes. Satnam fantastic millimeter. That nope. was awesome and reminded me of how I was feeling a couple months ago when I was thinking this is the this may be the most intimidating man I've ever seen in wrestling. Mm-hmm. For some reason, the well tailored suit, just yes. his, his massive presence. I love it. Yeah. So I hated this. I loved this. I, <laughs> I, I thought maybe this could go somewhere. It was very, very confusing, Kevin Ely. It was. It was very confusing. I had a similar. I've, I have a similar thought about Jeff Jarrett in that I've always kind of liked. I. I, uh, I don't even know how to put it. I've never. I, liked I've Jeff always Jarrett. thought. I've always thought he could be used better, but I've yeah. still never seen him used right. That's because and, he's. That's because he doesn't let other people use him. He does. Yes. He's always put. He always gets himself in a position where he's calling the shots on himself and he always puts himself as the top guy well, and it never thank good. Yeah. Thank God. AEW's never had a problem with people like that. I know. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I really no, think nothing that, like that in the recent past whatsoever. I really to, to think the culture fans. is going to help, you know, this, um, young impressionable Jarrett, uh, right. You know, overcome his ways before it's too late. He'll he'll fit right in to the whole like kind of uh, summer camp feel in the locker room. Yeah, he's just going to go along with whatever Tony Khan wants him to do. And the one thing we know he's not going to do is have any negative influence on on AEW as a business because Jeff Jarrett has nothing but a string of business successes, and uh, <laughs> and at least he's only going to be used on camera and not backstage in any capacity. Yeah, am I right there, Kevin? Well, no. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. So say hello to your new director of business development, whatever that means. He's developing. He's in charge of developing business. Now, apparently this means uh, he's bringing in his experience and relationships with arenas around the world to help get them into better and newer arenas and also has international business contacts to help. So I would, you know, from that part, it's like, great, but like. You think Jeff Jarrett's going to sit there and not try to get into the creative or try to keep find out ways? To, hey, there's this uh, young guy. It's really hot. I think uh, I think it'd be a good idea for me to take him under his wing, maybe do a program with him on TV just to get him over, you know? Yeah. I'd be way more comfortable with this if he was director of arena development. Right. And I, love, did at WWE. I love the idea. I love the idea. He has all these international business connections. Right. Better than Tony Khan, who owns the damn soccer team in the UK. (coughs) Right. Like, come on. Right. Come on. Like, I feel like this man knows, like, like his international business connections are international house of pancakes at best. (laughs) I believe he has a lot of arena connections. I do believe that. This guy's eating the waffle houses around the entire world. Oh, my God. Japan, yeah, Alabama, you name it. He's been around the world. Yeah. I really don't hate Jeff Jarrett. 
This I don't like this as a fit. This is not what I wanted to see out of the the post CM Punk era of AEW. Yeah. Um, but we did got get some really interesting developments in the post CM Punk era, which we're going to talk about here in just a few minutes. Uh, where do you where do you want to go next on this, Kevin? Are we even done talking Jeff Jarrett? Double J. Uh, By the way, uh, yeah, I've I've enjoyed him this week. I've started watching uh, Vice's. Uh, Tales from the Territories. Okay, and I've really, I've really, I've really liked him on that, telling the stories of his dad mm-hmm. ripping a man's eyeball out in, def- oh. in defense of himself in the ring, and apparently what? that was a shoot. He, a man, was hired to murder Jeff yeah. Jarrett's dad in the ring with a knife. Wow! And Jarrett's dad ripped his eyeball out like he was in Kill Bill. Wow! Have you ever seen a movie from the nineties called uh, Henry Fool? No, pretty obscure little indie movie from the nineties. There's a scene in it where a guy's telling a story about his past. He's like this mysterious guy. And he's like, so I was surrounded by three guys. I can't remember what he said. Like it was one of these drug dealers that ran afoul of some people and they had me dead to rights. And what I told them was you may kill me tonight, but one of you will lose an eye. Because I have one last thing left to do in this moment, and it's take someone's eye. So ask yourself whether or not, not whether or not you can kill me, but whether or not it's worth you losing an eye. Kevin and James react to Henry Fool coming to uh, the A coming to the to the Fight Game Media Patreon this this Christmas. Christmas morning. The best part of that was the guy saying the guy he's telling the story to says, What happened? And he says, well, I'm here, aren't I? (laughs) Never tells the story. That's turns out he ripped it off from uh, Jerry Jarrett, I guess. If I was booking, um, if I was booking an indie movie marathon at the Alamo Mm -hmm. Draft House in Austin, Texas, I think I'd play that leading into Kill Bill. Oh, it'd be an all eye taking. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Then um, I think wasn't that an Evil Dead? Wasn't that an Evil Dead two thing too, or was that just a hand? I thought there was an eyeball. Uh, around never there. lost the. There's definitely been some um, eyeball attacks, but I don't think there it was. Seems like ever a very Sam Raimi thing. Very much so. I, I, at least in Ash versus Evil Dead, I'm pretty sure there was an eyeball. Yeah, and then we'll show that um, Rey Mysterio match in between. There anyway, you. yeah. So I think Jeff Jarrett's brought back to have a match with Sting. I think it's going to be like Sting and Darby against Jarrett and probably Cole Copperhead or whatever his name is. And yeah, Cole. Yeah. And Ooh, uh, I like Cole Copperhead. Uh, Cole Copperhead. That that I just came up with that. That's pretty good. Actually. I'd get behind that. And later on, I need, you know, in one of our, in one of our um, Patreon shows, we should do the best of our, um, of our old wrestling federations when we were kids. And I'll tell oh, the yeah. story of, I'll tell the story of Saddlebags, Johnny Wagner. Wow, that's a great let's, name. Thank you. Um, let's see. So do you want to go Shibata <laughs> next, or do you want to go? Let's go to Shibata next, because once we start talking about Cole Cabana, that's going to lead to a whole CM Punk thing, and we can never Oh, my God. Yeah, that's gonna, we're going to go way off the rails. Yeah. So the man who has not wrestled since 2017, who is never going to wrestle again, a legend, yeah. decides to come back to the ring and where do we put him on dynamite at 2 a.m. Rampage. Or, or give or t- on Rampage. Oh, no, I, I was listening to Jim Ross. That was AEW Dynamite. 
He announced oh. it at the beginning of the show, Kevin. Oh, okay. That rampage was dynamite. Do you think, you think that's what they told him? Oh, my God. Started off the show. Yeah. It's Friday night. You know what that means. AEW dynamite. Then he stumbled and then rampage. Yeah. Buried at three, three in the morning. Kevin is when this show airs here in America, <laughs> give or take. Yep. And that's where they're putting this, this show in front of a crowd who I think knows that Shibata is a new Japan legend, but does not know any of his moves or any of his background whatsoever. Whereas yeah. I feel like if you would have announced this for coming in one month, yeah, Shibata fans across the world would have bought tickets to attend this event, and it would have been a whole other story. Right. If they had saved this for the West Coast, uh, if they had, uh, yeah, even just had a thing, because yeah. you could tell that like they had like a 20-second video package that they slipped in between Jim Ross and Mike Tyson coming out that you could tell yeah. that like Excalibur just like did on his phone like that afternoon or yeah. something. Yeah. And, <laughs> and he's put like, together, hey, if I get something together, band. will you put it on the air? You know, and they're like, oh, sure, put it oh, in before my Mike Tyson comes out. And you could tell that Excalibur was like really trying. He was really trying to tell yeah. that story, the incredible story of Shibata nearly dying, being told he will never work in the ring again and coming back to wrestle a handpicked opponent uh, in a in a dream match. And no one else was having it. Everyone else was just like, boy, these guys are evenly matched. Yeah, I, I respected Mike Tyson really tried. Like yeah. he was into this. He, he, had, he you they, could tell was, me like he prepped. Yes, he did. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing Mike Tyson again. Um, maybe not on as special a match as this was. Just a regular main event, I think, would be really cool. Um, maybe not with. Um, maybe not with um, Jim, Jim Ross, Ross with them. We're just trying to be buddy oh, definitely buddy not with them. Just I think Taz X Caliber and Mike Tyson. All you need for that one. That's all you need. Yeah, that'd be great. It was a lot of stuff Tony there over Tony each other. would lay out a lot and just kind of everyone. Tony is the, the best at letting other people do their thing yeah. and jumping in when yeah. he needs to. He is really, really good at that. Um, yeah. So, as we said, this was Kevin Ely's Fever Dream Orange Cassidy versus Shibata for a. Uh, uh, a gold the belt in a backpack yeah. with Mike Tyson yep. on commentary and Jim Ross not having a goddamn clue what night it was. Yeah. This was something <laughs> else, ladies and gentlemen. Which they, the title, which they now referred to just for that night as the All Atlantic City. I did like that. I, enjoy, I enjoyed that. It was that. Atlantic City, New Jersey, the All Atlantic City Dream Match, which is really I, like I, only. Two dream match. I mean, two people. It was yeah. two people's dream match, and they were both in the ring. I guess. So yeah, <laughs> now, apparently Shibata handpicked this guy. Like Shibata said, to, I want to, two people: Orange Cassidy and Brian Danielson. And he got Orange Cassidy first. And they've been talking about this since last June in Forbidden Door. When, crazy when he came out. Then it's crazy they've been talking about this since June, but it really does feel like Shibata gave him a call, like yeah. on a Tuesday. Like, hey, I want to get back in the ring. I want Orange Cassidy. This is the only week I can do it. And they're yeah, like, okay, we got like. you. That's yeah. what this felt like. And the Which, idea they've been they've they've been talking having talked since June is makes this seem even more insane and like more a, a little bit more of a fever dream and how it happened so quickly. 
right. um, just kind of randomly. They threw in Mike Tyson to make it extra special. And uh, as, as you all know, I work social media on the weekends during Rampage. Mm-hmm. So I'm not ever able to watch Rampage live anymore. Mm-hmm. But I, I am well aware of what's trending on Twitter. Well aware. And um, when Rampage started, it moved up so quickly and overtook SmackDown. So it was Smack. It was Dynam. I mean, Rampage number one, SmackDown two, or uh, On Patrol Live number three, for a long time. And generally, SmackDown stays number one, and Rampage is around number four. And I have to think this Mike Tyson bit really bumped up the. Ra- I, I didn't see what the numbers were. I should have looked, but I think mm-hmm. the numbers were higher than usual. I have to assume. And the the Twitter trending was higher than usual. While we're talking here, um, while we talk about the actual match, I'm going to pull up these rampage numbers and see what they were. See, what, yeah, I haven't looked. Friday to night see what here. It was. All so right, I, let's. See. I thought the match was fun. It was a good match. Actually. It was a very fun match. Oh, I mean, it Friday wasn't like a sh- are not out yet. Oh, okay. Huh. No, only th- we've got Thursday. I have to think. What was going to be five hundred thousand must maybe may have been I don't know five, I think it's usually four fifty. Maybe it went up to five hundred, five fifty, something like that. Yeah. But, um, just based on Twitter, it makes makes me feel like we had uh had higher ratings than uh than expected. But it's kind of funny though because like I obviously I'm pretty much you know bullseye of their most loyal watchers, right? I'm literally like yeah. taking notes and doing a show about it. So I'm never missing it yet. Yeah. Uh, I still didn't watch it live. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, like I'd, it's literally the most inconvenient time you can have the show. But again, yeah. for all the hemming and hawing of, of, of wrestling media about the, um, about the ratings, They've all they've ever wanted was four fifty to five hundred thousand. That was what they originally wanted, and we've learned um, over the last couple, last year, year and a half, that that's all that was expected of, of Dynamite on Wednesdays was five hundred thousand oh, really? as well. Yeah. Yes, and so they're very very happy with what they're getting out of both, in, even though AEW fans aren't happy because we want we know you could have two shows that did around a million if you if you move the show. And yeah. it doesn't what I guess the point to Rampage is simply to get 500,000 viewers on a Friday night at the worst in the worst time slot possible. Mm-hmm. And it's not really it's it's a Warner Media thing. It's not an a like the show isn't an AEW thing, which has to be why AEW seemingly neglects the show and mm-hmm. puts a lot of B and C level matches on it, although this wasn't a B or C level match. This was an A level match with, from the booking, and I really liked it. It was one of the better show, better better matches of the week. I think in in wrestling period, it was yeah, it was just it, a lot of fun. It was just fun. Yeah, it, it was it was it was fun to see him do a match that I didn't. I wasn't constantly uh, clenching my teeth, hoping that he didn't make a horrible horrible mistake. You know, yeah. but he he did take some like, you know, head and shoulder bumps and things like that. Yeah. But you could tell they were still being love, careful and they were being smart. I love and, that his next match will be against another man who, who was stopped from wrestling for a number of years in fear of his death. And so now yes. they can have a kind of a, a 
a, a final, the true final battle where only one man can survive. Maybe no man survives. God only. Maybe knows. they're, yeah. Maybe they've got some sort of <laughs> like death pact or something. I don't know where they're just like agree. <laughs> look, if we're gonna go out, we're gonna go out together. AEW death pact. Yeah, it's Friday kinda, only on Rampage. Like, like Thelma and Louise, they're just gonna drive off the cliff together, <laughs> and just they're gonna go off the top rope. They're both gonna do yeah. a moonsault under their heads together and, Ugh, and just finish the it, job. Call it a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know if maybe they were bumping it up because uh, I don't know. It seems like Danielson's busy, but like when I first saw Shabbat I thought are they not going to save this for full gear because that would have been like I was imagining yeah. that match if that match had been on the forbidden door people would have gone insane like people would have lost their minds yeah and it's so weird that it was just like in front of 2500 people in Atlantic City who you know yeah who really didn't who mostly they didn't, didn't know again, they didn't know the moves for sure they didn't know the moves they yeah probably only know Shabbat by reputation and probably mm-hmm. everybody and probably only bet, about 800 of them knew who he was even. Maybe? And, yeah. And those people, I think mainly, I think those 800 people were the ones that did the due diligence to YouTube him during the week after hearing about it on Wednesday night. Yeah. Because they didn't even have their typical, um, like if they had done the, uh, the three way on Friday to set up a Wednesday match, they would have had a whole road to, on YouTube, you know, where you would have seen this and they would have had, they didn't even have enough time to do their traditional, like, here's, you know, who X person is, you know? Yeah. I would say probably people were more, more up to speed on Mance Warner than they were Katsuri Shibata. I think that's a hundred percent true. I think more people knew who Mance Warner was in the building, or at least a higher percentage of people in the building knew Mance. The new, at least they did a better job of at least giving them just enough to, Oh, okay. He's a crazy redneck who sounds like Steve Austin. Let's go. You know, <laughs> AEW continues continually um, fumbles people like Cole Carter, Conrad, the thirds, uh-huh. uh, the fourths um, debuts, and they continue to fumble, letting people know who their special guests are. There should have been a, a, a there should have been a solid two minute package of some of the best of Shibata. Showing what mm-hmm. a legend he is, showing yep. people like weeping when they found out he was never going to be able to wrestle again. Yeah. And and really emphasizing they never truly emphasized this is his return. This is yeah. his first match back. A and guy that his no one first a match legend. in the US. Yes, I, that I as well. I think it was his first major match in the US. Ever. Ever. And yeah. uh the, it was just kind of like he was a guy that came over from impact for the day. Is what it felt yeah. like. So it was really cool. I really liked it. One of my favorite matches of the week, but it could have been better. It could have been so yeah. much better. They and yeah. and they continue to miss opportunities again. Getting fans all hyped up over fake Sting, and this wasn't yeah. Barry Windham fake Sting. This was no. just a dude that n- no one knew. No one. Knew. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh my god, that's it's so frustrating. Like there's so. They make so many small mistakes like that that can let down a crowd. And it's and over, the thing it's is they just took, overthinking it. Yeah, they took the wind out of the crowd right before Jeff Jarrett hit. And I think that took a little bit of spice, a little bit of oomph off of Jeff Jarrett. Right. I think I, I think really in, think it did. 
I think in their head, this and I, I think this is probably Jared even doing this because I, you know, mm-hmm. have, they pretty much let people book their own stuff. And yeah, I, I don't know if you know Cole Caballero or whatever his name is is gonna um, be Jared's like protege in this feud or any yeah. of that stuff, or if that's a one time thing, but. I Conrad think just, he thought, okay, well, we could have, yeah, we could have him, uh, you know, you can come out as fake Sting and it's Jarrett. And he's like, ah, but what if it's that extra swerve thing? It's that old Vince Russo thing of like, oh, but people will expect it to be a big deal. But what we'll do is we'll make it not a big deal. And that'll really swerve him. See, I have a feeling Jeff Jarrett may have had a say in that and in, in, in sneaking him in just like I feel like Jeff Jarrett had a say in sneaking Vince Russo into TNA when the network yeah. said no Vince Russo and they had him hired and, and hidden from the network hidden. for like a year resulting in the network dumping the entire company. I feel like we could have uh, Vince Russo in a fake baby sting mask in the back backstage <laughs> every week. And everybody's like, Oh, that that's that, that that's, that's Carl. That's Carl cupcakes. That's who that is. <laughs> you know, from that one group, the right. embassy or so, someone. Yeah. I can't even keep track of these, these, these generic group names, by the way, I yeah. feel like they just have a big basket and they pull one out whenever they're sending out a bunch of nobodies. I can't even yeah. remember um old shit. What's what's the other one? Um Shake factory? and Bake. Um no. But oh, I did the, oh, this guy the, is from the factory though. Yeah. Um oh uh they're named after a like a, a wacky place with apps and games. Um Trust the Trustbusters. Trustbusters, that's it. Yeah. The Dave and Busters, yeah. The Dave and Busters. I really I literally can't keep all these groups. I, I like my, my, my memory's too bad to keep them all in in line. Yeah. The embassy, the firm, the factory, right. the trust busters. Um, I'm sure there's more. I'm certain there's more. Um, yeah, that's all I got to say on that. Uh, it's yeah. it's all very frustrating. It is. Too many but guys. It does legitimately. It sounds like they have a hat full of the firm, the network. Uh-huh. You know what right. I mean? And they just pick one out when they've got a new group. And... And they're never important enough to remember. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the part. Other than uh, I'm going to give a I'm going to praise QT Marshall right now. Oh, he is one of the most hateable men in professional wrestling. And mm-hmm. that takes real talent to be that hateable. And uh, I understand now he's really good <laughs> at being a guy that I don't want to see. So here's to you. Here's to you, QT. Here's to you. Uh, all right where are we going from here uh yeah fun match should have been a bigger deal what else do you have anything you've got a lot of really good notes by the way for his first official match since april 9 2017 first ever match in the u.s um yeah imagine if it was for a bigger show i i really do mean it when i say i really respected mike tyson he I, did not yeah. it, this wasn't a celebrity just walking in and mm-hmm. trying to say some things yeah like he clearly did some research and he tried he to have intelligent moves. things to say he called, he called, called some moves. yeah like he he was working 
and I hope this is a relationship they can keep going. Um, and the thing is, he wasn't the best as as big as he was, and as much as like again when they were trending number one, it had Mike Tyson underneath it. Um, so he was a big part of that. He wasn't the best celebrity appearance of it for on AEW this week. Not even no. close. No, we'll get to that though. You know, before we close. before we get into the rest of those celebrity appearances, who needs celebrities when for just five dollars a month you can get the best that Fight Game Media has to offer? As in everything Fight Game Media has to offer, all of our free shows as well as all of the extra things you get with a simple five dollars subscription to Patreon, extended versions of Brace for Impact and other shows as well, and bonus shows every month from me and Kevin, from all the guys on the the Dynamite show. You got extra shows from the Rap from us here at the Boom. More shows than I can even remember to tell you about. There's great boxing content, great MMA content, and, of course, great pro wrestling content. All for $5 a month. It's the best deal in combat sports, ladies and gentlemen. Give us a try. Patreon.com backslash Fight Game Media. Where are we going from here, Kev? I want to stop to say that, to point out, I know you don't always catch. You're a busy man. But uh, our our boys on the Dynamite show shouted out your uh, your um, plug ability. Is that of right? Smoothly of how smoothly you transition into the plugs. Well, I love that those men are doing crack cocaine currently. I really appreciate that because that's the only way they could say I have smooth transition abilities. <laughs> but uh, really appreciate both of you, both Paul and Jeff. I'm 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 holding up my jack and diet right now. Here's to you, my friend. <laughs> <sighs> All right. All right. Where are we going? Colt Cabana. God you know, him. we talked about it. We talked about yeah. the possibility and would and I think we even talked about would Tony Khan have the balls to do this? I don't think either <laughs> of us thought he did, and he did. That was Either the he did opponent. or Jericho did, and he didn't have the balls to tell him no. <laughs> that sounds much more likely to be the truth of this situation. I completely marked out when I saw Colt Cabana coming out, because that yeah. means much more than Colt Cabana versus Jeff Jarrett. That means CM Punk lost. CM Punk is an asshole who's not coming back. <laughs> and this was Tony Khan's way of acknowledging not only that he was an asshole, not only that he's not coming back, but also the truth of the matter, which has apparently been, in my personal opinion, not the opinion of Kevin Ely or Fight Game Media, lied about by CM Punk that he he completely says he was not the reason Colt Cabana was on not on AEW television. But now that he's gone, AEW, um, Colt Cabana is on AEW television again. Yeah. The and there's the disappointment. Some... Mm hmm. The only disappointment was Noah Dark Order didn't walk him out. That's true. But I kind of like that he was his own guy. Like he was full on boom, boom, Colt Cabana yeah. there with the with the little robe and and absolutely uh, and the music and everything. Um, you know how you how you that whole thing. I, I think it's totally right. They basically just admitted, yes, the only reason he wasn't on was because of punk. You can you know, people can split grammar and stuff to say like was he not there because of punk or did punk demand it or did ace steel demand it yeah one interesting detail that came out this week that uh um i didn't really know before was the timing thing that um uh you know colt was an agent he was a guy who helped plan the matches with some of the young guys and yeah. he left to go do a tv show he got he got to do an appearance on the young rock 
Mm-hmm. And when he came back, his agent job was gone. But do you know who had his agent job? Was it a steal? A steal. Son of a bitch. Yeah. I had no clue. I did not know this information. Um, now, I say also, you know who had his job. He When he yeah. came back, he did not have agent work. And A Steel did. A Steel did. Yeah. Wow. That's so dirty. That's so, so that. low. And I don't even Interpret mean A Steel and CM Punk. I mean, that's so. The idea that a guy leaves for a week and comes back and one of his jobs is gone. That's that's really low for any company, any business, anywhere. Really, really don't like that. Um, also, yeah. let me tell you what a, what a great host I am here. Mm. Uh, just so everyone knows, I uh, lined up a special guest for tonight's episode. Oh. Um, Mike Coughlin of F4W Online, Wrestling Observer, all that. Used to have a be a regular uh, a guy with five-star yep. radio. Lined him up to come on here and talk about... The Castle Doctrine in Chicago, Illinois, because oh, he's yeah. a lawyer in Chicago. Yeah. And I asked him, he said yes, and I completely forgot to take it from there. Oh. I am really well, good at this Hopefully he didn't job, burn that Evan. bridge and we'll be able to get him back on. Oh, no. No, not. We'll absolutely be able to have him on ASAP. I'm just going to let him know, hey, next, next Sunday, let's talk, man. Let's talk. Yeah. So, but, um... So now a steel's gone. Colt Caban is yep. back. No word yet on if he's back as a back, you know, with yeah, his backstage knows? job or if he's even going to be on AEW again, because again, his current contract is ROH. So right. we'll find it out. What'd you think of the match? Um, I, well, I don't know. I kind of blurred out like as far as like really paying attention to the match, because I just like yeah. seeing him come out and how emotional he was. Like you could tell that, that was, was the, yeah, that was a big moment for him. There was a lot of vindication for him coming out, you know, and getting to have that moment. Um, and so I think it kind of rattled him a little bit because the match was a little rough at first. But um, it was a big moment. It was it might, yeah. may may have been a bigger moment than he expected it to be. Yeah. When he walked out. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And 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 the people really responded to him and no one tried to troll you know they're yeah didn't hear any like cm punk chants or any of that stuff like everyone was just genuinely happy for him and um you know i think that's the funny thing is like no one seems to begrudge him anything you know i'm sure there are people behind the scenes you know who probably yeah or team punk or whatever and and maybe there are some really jerky things he did you know yeah um yeah. uh, but in general, he's just well liked, you know, and so, you know, the match itself was pretty much what you'd expect from a match with uh, Chris Jericho and Cole Cabana, and you know, great spots, clean win by Jericho. Um, I, enjoy, I enjoyed it. I thought it was yeah, a good match. It was fun. Yeah, there were some problems early, but it was a good match. That was kind of the thing of the week on AEW. It was like no matches. There were no like blow away epic. Oh my god, that was incredible matches. But everything was easy to watch and fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were no you know. giant highs and no giant lows. Right. And and fun. Fun is the word. The Rick mm-hmm. Ross thing we're going to talk about really fun. The Mike Tyson thing was fun. Shibata Orange Cassidy was fun. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what I want out of AEW. I want I while I do want some really cool old st- old school wrestling. Right. I'm happy with just something fun in the middle of the week to help get us over yeah. the hump. 
Here's the one thing I think I wonder about the Colt thing, though. Okay. Uh, one thing is I really want Colt Cabana to be able to have a life that's not defined by CM Punk, just as a human being. Yes, and because like Colt Cabana... Even even though even though this was a great moment and, you know, he got to come out and have a great match, a featured match on TV with one of the top two guys in the company. It still feels like he's a little being treated as like here's, you're a pawn in the game between people trying to, you know, like you're you're the middle finger we're showing to CM Punk. And it's kind I of- just really want him to to have his own way, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Like a lot of things in AEW, um, how I feel about this is going to be defined over time. Yeah. Just like that Eddie Kingston match where he was disqualified and ended up losing the match after he won. Uh, we said at the time, this is great if they keep this going. If not, it's garbage. And it turns out it was garbage. Garbage. And I really like this if, CM, if, if Colt Cabana is actually back, which he should be back. Um, he was a really fun part of AEW for a very long time. And um, and if he's not back after this, if this was just one and done, you're right. He just feels like a pawn. And mm-hmm. one thing I want to say real quick is Colt Cabana is, is, is of all the people in AEW and their importance to wrestling at the moment, I think Colt Cabana is one of the most important And through um, – he was a major presence in ROH for a lot of years. He's a major part. He, he helped start the wrestling podcast industry, which is yeah. huge right now. Huge. Yeah. And he started that with the art of wrestling. Uh-huh. Um, and I think we wouldn't have a lot of the wrestling podcast we have today without the art of wrestling. And then on top of that, ProWrestlingTees.com, right. that's Colt Cabana. He's a big part of that. And that, too, helped play a big, big role in the birth of AEW as well and still handles all AEW's merch. Um, Cole Cabana is a major part of wrestling history and modern wrestling history. And I don't know if a lot of people understand that. Um, and he means more to I think he's done more for wrestling right now as in as the a current business. scene. Yeah. Yeah. As a business than CM Punk did because CM Punk oh, wow. was simply a wrestler. Hmm. And AEW and, and and Cole Cabana has done. He has helped. Let me see how to put this. He's helped shape the business we have today with the way merch is sold, with the with the way indie wrestlers can make money. The fact I have a pro wrestling dot com store and make mm-hmm. money from that to the fact mm-hmm. that multiple wrestlers now make lots of money off of podcasts and vlogs and all that. All of that yeah. doesn't exist without Colt Cabana. He has made real different a real difference in the lives of every indie wrestler in this country, whereas uh, CM Punk has simply gotten a lot of people bit. You could say that his his innovation in the hustle, yes, of how to find your make your own business, be your own businessman in the world of wrestling, yes, paved the way for the young bucks to do the same. Yes. You know, because hey, he was he A-W. was the template. Yeah. The art of wrestling and his merch and, and selling his merch and being out there hustling and having revenue streams outside of just getting paid to get beat up, you know, showed the Jackson brothers or the yeah. Massey brothers, actually, uh, you know, hey, that's what we should be doing. And they did it through YouTube, but they also did it through Tease and. Mm-hmm. 
and they found their own way. And then that's how, I mean, that's what led to AEW. So Kevin, he, he really is hey. like a patron. He's a second city patron saint of professional wrestling. That's exactly right. And remember, Kevin, all AEW is is a t-shirt company. That's right. So which cheers to which, CM Punk and his <clears throat> t-shirts. I mean, Cole Caban and his t-shirts. Yeah, that's 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 one of the uh, unsaid things that I think people don't really appreciate about this whole saga is the entire mm-hmm. time. So what's the number? Who has been the number one merch seller for AEW over the last CM year? Punk, CM, CM Punk. Punk, who gets a cut of every T-shirt, every CM Punk T-shirt that gets sold? Cole Cabana. Cole Cabana. Yeah. So yeah, this entire time he's sitting there going every T-shirt I see. That's money in the pocket of Colt Cabana. And he said so at the press conference when he said, yeah. there's two people that have made more money off the CM Punk name than me. And that's Vince McMahon and Colt Cabana or Scott Colton. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I want to also, it just hit me while you were talking. Mm-hmm. Everyone that the almost every single person. That Cole Cabana, that, that's, I keep mixing up Cole Cabana and CM Punk here, which I feel terrible about. Almost every person CM Punk has a grudge with is a major innovator. Cole Cabana, and, and who, who, as we just talked about, all his bona fides. And then the Young Bucks who helped create, and, and Kenny Omega, who created AEW. They created the number two wrestling company in America. Um, the only the only company to ever challenge WWE in a meaningful way since the death of WCW. Um, and it's all these incredibly innovative people who've changed the wrestling business that he has these grudges with. And um, I don't know if there's anything to that. It's just like outside of like, I think Hangman Page is the only one who hasn't been like a complete wrestling innovator that he has a big grudge against it's just yeah. very strange the people he chooses to feud with in this business he's not feuding with just your average everyday wrestlers it's people who change the game and uh i don't know if there's a jealousy there or some anger that he's not considered uh one of those people because for a long time he was considered one of those people yeah but they actually went out there and did it and he talked right. to really and he just cut some really good promos and right. again, he is a great wrestler, a great wrestler who did some of his best work in AEW. Yes. Um, and he could have been one of the most important guys in, 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 in the world at changing professional wrestling. But his choices kind of uh, removed him from that, this, that situation. Yep. Yep. How much toward that? And he's great at getting people to talk about him. He really is. Also, he's great at apparently he's, he's, he's helped us get some views on. On YouTube, that's I think right. Our YouTube, every YouTube clip we do with CM Punk in it, yeah, gets a lot more views. He's like so the Kevin, Elon Musk of wrestling. You just can't stop that's talking. Exactly about him. right. So, all right, let's talk about this AEW World Title Eliminator Tournament that you have yeah. a graphic for that I've never seen before, and let's talk <clears> about how disappointed I'm becoming in AEW tournaments. <sighs> I know. Like last week, I I think we did our like blind picks, and I believe yeah. you picked uh, Malachi Black and I picked uh, Darby Allen, and neither one of them out, were in the tournament. Yeah, this is a really there's some interesting names in this tournament, but compared yeah. to what it could have been, it's really lackluster, and that really describes almost all of AEW's 
tournaments right. to determine a, a like a number one contender. Where at, and and the thing is, we we've got so many names in here. Eddie, okay, let's let's run them down. Eddie Kingston and Ethan Page are going to be a first matched up in the first yep. round. Yep. Bandito and Roosh, which should be a hellaciously good match. Yep. Lance Archer and Ricky Starks, which is really interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Brian Cage and Dante Martin. These men are going to engage in multiple weeks of combat for right. a chance to get what Lee Moriarty just got handed to him. Right. On, on right. Uh, last year. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. Okay. I, I would so, not like to be the guy who might have to potentially face Lance Archer, then Brian Cage, then potentially yep. an Eddie Kingston to yeah. get the match that Lee Moriarty just had. Now, well, the difference would be Lee Moriarty didn't get a world title match. It was a, it was a, no, just an eliminator match. But I'm really getting tired of that word, eliminator match. Yeah, now, because yeah, what here's, would he be eliminated? What would be the elimination in him beating the AEW world champion? Would he right. immediately I, go into I this think, tournament, which well, does the not idea is the champion? The idea of an eliminator match is you have contenders and you are eliminating contenders. Yeah, right. So, like, two yeah. people are arguing about who's the number one contender. You have a match. You eliminate one of them, and then you have a number one contender. Yeah, the, the only thing Lee Moriarty is, is none of these for, people are contenders. No, the only thing Lee Moriarty is a contender for is to be the next guy whose name I completely forget on this show. Right. I had to struggle for it to right. come up with it. Yeah, right. none of now, should these people be contenders? A lot of them should. Are no, they? they not a damn one. It's a branding problem. It's not so much I don't have an issue with the tournament. If they had called this a, um, uh, I don't even know what the word would be. So I should have thought of that before I started talking. But Round like Robin? up and comers tournament. Yeah. You know, like by design, this is a tournament of people who typically would not get this opportunity. Right. Eddie Kingston probably is the only guy who doesn't fit into that. But if you right. were to to say this is this is a this is a thing like a golden opportunity or what do they call it a breakout tournament on NXT or something yeah. like that where it's like hey these are these are uh you know second tier guys fighting to get to the top tier instead of that's calling what it this like should these have been are all named. word yeah. for word that's what this should right. be called yeah second tier guys fighting to get to the top tier because you look at this, Brian Cage just lost on Wednesday. Bandito is O and one in A and in AEW. Uh, Lance Archer, last time we've seen him, he lost. Danhausen worked for right. Uh, Dante Martin probably wins singles matches here and there. Rush has When's lost. The last time we saw Lance, last Ar couple of matches. Uh, that's a really good question. Yeah, Eddie Kingston like lost his last match. singles match and has been. Eddie Kingston uh, lost every match in AEW, my friend. <laughs> well, he beat every Ishii at, at all out. That's right. He got that win back, though. Yeah, yeah. Even but he, he and Ortiz have been hanging out in the tag mat, tag team scene for like six weeks. Yeah, and a lot of people have been having interventions with him that just disappeared with no right, no mention whatsoever. Don't know where that's going. I'm assuming yeah, honestly, he's going to lose. Week, uh, I think he'll lose by disqualification. Lose yeah, I bet he'll get disqualified. And I will rage. <laughs> rage. Yeah. Yeah. So, this is a tournament of winless men to determine who gets to fight the world champion for the heavyweight yeah. champion, AW heavyweight championship of the world. Eight men who've not won maybe in a year. 
Now it's a They've shame been, because Dante Martin's the most winning man on this on this list, and I'm just talking about the fact that he dates Sky Blue. <laughs> that's enough. Uh, yeah, plenty in my but book. like at the same time, when you look at it, you're look at you're saying this is probably designed to elevate a couple of people, and I'm thinking it's yeah. Ethan Page and Ricky Starks. That Ricky had that big promo where he's declaring to yeah. be in the tournament, and he's like super babyface and all that stuff. So that's what's a shame about how they're presenting it is like everyone's we're all, you know, why isn't this uh, Darby and Miro and Malachi Black yeah. and all the top stars? And it's like, well, it's not meant it. I don't believe it's intended to be that. But because of the way they present it, they they don't they don't present it at what it really is, which is the way to yeah. build people up. Clearly, Ricky Starks up, uh, is, is going to. Ricky versus Lance is an interesting match because in my mind, Lance Archer would be the favorite there, but we're pr I'm pretty sure Ricky Starks is going to win that match. That's going to be a big deal. A win over Lance Archer, who was previously a title contender, many times, that's a good win. I have a feeling they're probably going to try and do the same thing with Brian Cage versus Dante Martin, but that seems like too big a, an obstacle for Dante at this point. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, Maybe it's going to be that Brian Cage is going to be the second uh, struggle that, that uh, Ricky Starks is going to have here. Um, Bandita versus Roosh both should be contenders, could be contenders, but they're not at this time. And uh, I think you're right. I think Eddie Kings is going to get uh, eliminated versus uh, Ethan Page is going to get disqualified. And I would like to see Ethan Page be – he's a guy that should be a contender and absolutely could be, as in mm -hmm. he feels like it, hey, he has it in him. And it feels mm -hmm. like now is the time for that push. So I hope he gets yeah. it here. I'm doubtful. Yeah. yeah the is one that thing that made me. Is that your pick? Ethan versus Ricky? I think it's going to be Ethan versus Ricky. And then it just depends on like where I could see Ricky Starks versus MJF at winter and coming. Mm -hmm. I could see Ethan Page versus Mox at winners and coming. Okay. So I like that. I, I'm, I'm you with know, you on that. Um. And depending on how they go with all this firm stuff, you know, Ethan, Ethan and MJF could even be a match. Um, yeah. And Ricky Starks versus Mox. Actually, I'd, I'd be into that match. That would be interesting. I'd love to see that match. I'd love to see that match. That's what's so funny about AEW is they have so many guys and the way they book. There's so many matches that you just don't get. Like there's, that, that there's hundreds, hundreds, there's so many matches, fresh matches. Literally. Yeah. 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 So that is that that is a big positive, but and it's kind of like they I think they have them all planned, but they're all planned years out, just years out. Right, right, right. All right. So we're in the middle of the ramp up for full gear. Four episodes yep. of TV left. Um, mm -hmm. is that? Do you know if full gear is on a Sunday? It's a Saturday. A really neat. Damn, it's a Saturday. Yeah. Which means I can't watch it live. I yeah. can't watch it live. I have to take. I could, but I'd have to take a day off of work and lose that right. potential holiday. You know what I mean? Um, man, I wish it yeah, was a game Sunday. day. Oh, I all right, I'll 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 figure this. I out. I prefer Sundays. Maybe I'll. I much prefer Sunday. I mean, clearly, I prefer I prefer Sundays, even when I'm not working on Fridays and Saturdays. But I work every Friday yeah. and Saturday. Literally seven, like five p.m. to ten p.m. Like maybe I can yeah. have it on, on on kind of the side so I can like do a pod because I really want to do a live podcast with everybody right after the right. show. We'll see. Um, so 
do you think they're doing a good job of of building to full gear right now? Because last time, uh, last time they yeah. did not have very many matches announced uh, far enough in mm-hmm. advance, and I think it hurt the pay per view a little. Yeah, I think they knew we had two. We knew two matches going into Wednesday. And then by the end of Rampage, we have now have total of five, which if you count the uh, tournament finals. And then there's probably what, so, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight other possibilities that seems like they're booking toward. Yeah. And generally, uh, I think we've got on AEW pay-per-views, we generally have about 32 matches on the card. About, so uh, we're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah. Literally, I think we had 14 a- on the last one. Yeah, um, it's like 14. So we're like if you can't a third, the the, we're third of the way. Yeah. So I really do like have I, I really do like the pre-shows. The AW pre-shows are generally pretty good. Yeah. So uh, I hear your thoughts on this. So the Dynamite show, they started a discussion about this and they were kind of on opposite ends. Uh-huh. Jeff was very frustrated that um, uh, that we only had two matches going into the show. And that, you know, we're, we're essentially two weeks out. And by this point we should know pretty much the whole show and be doing nothing but build those matches. Right. Paul was of the opinion that the only match that matters is the main event. And you could announce every other match on the last, on the rampage beforehand. And it wouldn't affect uh, anything as long as the main event was the draw. Where do you lie? He's basically saying spectrum? he's basically saying this is a Conor McGregor main event that you yes. don't need anything else. Yeah. In theory, I think Paul Fontaine is correct. My brain uh-huh. says he's correct. My yes. heart does not agree, though. I don't feel for whatever reason like this is it doesn't feel to me like this is a big as a mat, a big of a match as, as it should right now. And that's mm-hmm. just me. I, and I think yeah. I am I'll probably stand alone in that feeling, yeah. but um, I think we need more hype. I really do. And they've been d- building to this for a while. They've been doing a good job of building to it, but for some mm-hmm. reason, I'm not as hyped about it as I should be. I'm gonna buy. Well, it the didn't pay-per-view. help. That's for it sure. It didn't help that they uh, kind of took the week off this week from pushing that main event. You know, like they mentioned didn't it at all. They mentioned yeah, no, they it. Should. Regal had a little promo about it and, you know, kind of laid the groundwork for and maybe, heel. And maybe this is like those guys last weekend off or week off for a very long time. Could be. You Could know, be. going into it, building through it. And then, yeah. I, you know, whoever wins, this is only yeah. the beginning. This isn't this isn't going to be the end of a feud by any right. stretch of the imagination. So maybe that's why, but I agree with you. They should they should have been on the show. So we'll see where it goes. Now Mox here. was, but it's like he's all you know. It's it's the Lee Moriarty show. You know he's not really talking about you know MJF. We haven't really. That's the thing is the match is Moxley versus MJF, but they haven't really been talking about each other face to face. I mean, right. we had Regal face to face with um. With him, yeah, Am I wrong? That, have we had? But have we had? They had that one thing at the very recently? beginning. They had the one thing at the very beginning. Uh, Nothing for a while, correct? No, unless you count when um, when Mox beat Hangman and MJF came out and and challenged him for the match. But they, yeah. you know, they never really, you know, and it was just had, sort of like they yelled at each other. Then we had MJF try and save him and get beat down. 
And yeah. So it's all kind of convoluted right now. Uh, like right. we don't have that hot intensity that we had. Right. There's with more CM Punk and MJF. There's, there's more intrigue. I I feel I don't know how many people are actively thinking this, but I feel like there's more intrigue about if MJF will team with Moxley yeah. than than who will win when they fight, which to me is wrong. Everyone because I really I know expected when they about, were good. Everyone I know is talking about is MJF going to be a face or a heel. Nobody's right. talking about the match. Right. Really? Right. No, I don't know anybody like my friends right now aren't talking about the match. They're simply talking about MJF, period. Yeah. Yeah. Which may mean he should win. But like I was a little surprised this week um, when they started beating down Moxley that the crowd didn't start chanting for MJF. Yeah. Like to save him like yeah. he did last week. That was a little weird, but I did, you know, I'm really glad you said that. Cause that's something that I had not thought about. And you're right. There weren't MJF chants and sim- the simple fact they're tied together by this pay-per-view match. Um, much less the fact MJF did run out to save him and get beat down. That's really surprising. And I think that's a little bit of a fail on AEW's part. And I'm not sure if there's anything more they could have done to get the fans to chant for MJF, for him to come yeah. out. Really good point. Really good point. Mm-hmm. So as far as the buildup, I, I kind of am. I, I would say I'm kind of like you. I think business wise, I think if you're an AEW fan who buys AEW pay-per-views, you're going to buy them. I don't think they have them that, you know, they're they're They really only do four or five a year. Yeah, I think I think the people who are their hardcore buying audience, um, you know, probably have already made their decision and they're probably just making it based on one or two things. Now, I think oh. if the elite come back and they challenge the death triangle to a trio title, that's a draw. And it would be awesome if they did that before the week yes. before. Um, they need there's to a do lot that of things happening. Week. Yeah, they, I think so, too. And they there's a lot of things that I feel like. I don't know why they're holding back. Like, why haven't they just announced that Jade Cargill and Nyla Rose are going to have a title match? Yeah. You know, like it would have been perfect after she beat Marina Shafir to say, well, she knocked out her, you know, her buddy. And now there's no one left between them. It's time because I do, I do like it better. I, I get what Jeff's saying about when you give them something to talk about, they can do a better job of, of having moments to build up the show, you know, like yeah. when, um, if, if Jade and Nyla, like there's only so long Nyla can like run away. But if you yeah. knew that Jade was like, well, I'm going to get my moment. Jade's promos are going to be better because she's like, yeah. you can talk all you want. You can run around with my belt all you want, become November 18th or whatever it is yeah, on pay-per-view, you know, that's the kind of stuff that I feel like Jeff is yeah. missing of the people who are dropping in. Hey, on this day, it's all going down. Yeah. That's what we need. And that's what we're not getting. And I think you're right that the, the real heat, the real heat that we're probably going to get is going to be the return of the young bucks. I have a random question. This isn't in the notes. Oh, okay. But Okay. Um, let's say you run an indie MMA promotion and you run six events per year. And, um, most places that do something like that, 
they'll offer season passes. Just like season passes to like a minor league hockey team or major league hockey team or whatever. Since AEW does so few pay-per-views per year, if they offered that five pay-per-views for year per year for say $200, if you bought a season pass, would you do it? Because I think I'd do it because I would. there are I'd times throughout the year that I have $200 sitting there. And yeah. there are times throughout the year where maybe $50 might hurt me that week. And so, so I have essentially I w- already done that. Um, really? Yeah, because I, I I don't know if it's just because of my TV. I have an Amazon TV mm-hmm. and um, many of the services on the TV, like channels that I'll add, if there are in-app purchases, you can use Amazon coins to pay through your Amazon account. I've literally never heard of Amazon coins in my life. It's Somehow. it's like a payment. It's just like an internal payment yeah. system in Amazon. Yeah. So you can buy Amazon coins in bulk mm-hmm. and the more you right. buy at once, the cheaper they are. So mm-hmm. I calculated like, okay, how much would I need to cover? Like the next two pay-per-views plus the ring of honor or whatever. Mm-hmm. And however many I felt like I could buy at that point, I bought enough to buy. I think I bought enough to buy like three pay-per-views and whatever. And the, and I bought enough to where it was essentially 25% off. That's awesome. I might, I think I'm going to look into doing that right now because that's something I think about a lot. Like I, I really wish if, and I think it would help them because they would know in advance, perhaps mm-hmm. way in advance, how many, how many buys they have and how many more yeah. they need to get. Um, right. Like what I'm doing doesn't I'll, help because I still buy the I still buy the shows individually. They're but getting I just their paid money. less. I paid less for the coins. Yeah. That I'm that I'm paying with. They're just sitting in my little Amazon account until I. Yeah. Till I till I spend them. But kind of what you were saying with they kind of have their built in fans. I think mm-hmm. most of their built in fans are around our age and would have two hundred dollars, say, a, a point during the year to just buy the entire year's pay-per-views. And yeah. thus be locked in for the year um, when uh, I don't know. It's 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 an idea no one in rest no one in major wrestling has done in a while, mm-hmm. and uh, I'd love to see AEW give that a shot. See how that would work for them. And yeah, yeah. maybe it could be a deal. GCW do something like that. Yeah, they actually GCW just signed a deal with Fight TV to uh-huh. where I think they're pay. You don't have to. It's a five dollar a month subscription. And you don't have to pay anything else for the pay-per-views, which reduces the oh, price wow. of the pay-per-views by two-thirds, which makes me think that um, Fight TV, like, they get a lot more buys than people realize. And Fight TV made it worth their while, maybe paid them to uh, enter yeah. into a deal like that. So good. Oh, good for them. Really yeah. good news. Really good news for GCW. That's something I'll definitely do. Like, five bucks? Come on. Yeah. And they, they put on some really great ratchet shows. If you love mud sh- wrestling mud shows, <laughs> GCW is your, like, come on. Their 4th of July event every year is phenomenal. Yeah. It's literally a ring in someone's backyard and then a swimming pool right next to the ring and then just madness, just absolute madness. <laughs> sometimes uh, sometimes there'll be a car there that they can destroy that looks like it's just one of the cars parked in the parking lot, which is a grass field. Um so yeah, um, the boom is now full time GCW. All right. Um, no. Um, 
So yeah, now I'm going to look into this Amazon coin thing and see what I can work out. But perhaps it could just be pay for all the AEW pay-per-views and get your two ROH pay-per-views per year for free. That's also something mm. I would absolutely mm-hmm. do. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, where are we going from here? We've got uh, the, the Eliminator Tournament Finals on Winter is Coming. We've mm-hmm. got Acclaim versus Swerve and Keith Lee, um, mm-hmm. which I'm going to be excited about that. Tony Storm versus mm-hmm. Jamie Hayter. I'm kind of excited for really that, for but that. I need Jamie Hayter to win, though. I really yeah, need either yeah. Jamie Hayter to win or Britt to attack Jamie or Hayter to angle. make her lose. Yeah, yeah it needs yeah. to be a big angle. Jericho and uh, versus Claudio versus Danielson versus Guevara. Is that on the paper? That's on the pay-per-view, right? That's on the pay-per-view, yeah. That's going to be yeah. interesting. I like the... the we're going to get treachery. There's going to be... There, a lot of intrigue there's gonna there. There's going to be... Yeah. Wait, what, thinking, what was Rick I'm Ross thinking, yelling this week? Accusations? Accusations. positive? That there, there's going to be accusations come out of yes. that, that match. As, I, I believe I so, too. I hope there'll be accusations come out of the Jamie Hayter, Tony Storm match. Yep. I uh, think you'll see Elite. Danielson pull some shenanigans on Claudio, which will be fun. See, and I'm wondering if uh, if Sammy will pull some shenanigans, or Jericho will pull some shenanigans on Guevara yeah. or the other way around. Right. That's There's a... Well, that's a lot good of ways right there. Yeah. It's, yeah, it is. Which, by the way, we've moved on to these things coming up. We haven't talked about Rick Ross, and we need to talk about Rick Ross. Oh, we'll Rick get Ross to him. He's is the greatest thing going in pro wrestling right now. Okay. All right. We'll keep following the list. We better get to Rick Ross, though, Kevin, or else. Okay. All right. All right. Um, that's what we know. See. That's what we know is announced. Yes. Those are the announced matches. We're believing Elite versus Death Triangle, guessing yep. that maybe Garcia and Udo will have a match. Hobbs Danny versus Garcia. Wardlow. Yeah, old good old Danny Garcia. Uh, Hobbs and Wardlow, we think will probably have a match. Jade and Soraya Nyla. versus Britt Baker. Soraya versus Britt yeah. Baker will be big if, if they announce it. If they announce it. Hopefully they'll announce it this Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, maybe Darby and Sting versus Jarrett and Lethal or Jarrett and uh, Cole Cash money. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, so. The Carter three uh, um, FTR versus uh gun club. Perhaps some people are theorizing that they might get add to the tactile match, make it a four way, which I really hope they don't. Although I, uh, it is tradition for FTR to be in the tag title match at full gear. The last two right? running. I'm really not excited about them versus the ass boys. Uh, I'm really not like, I want to see them against a really good tag. Team. I'm sure they'd have a yeah. great match, but yeah, I'm sure they'll have a fine match and it'd be good to see them just win a solid match without any, yeah, hubbub, but like those guys are, they truly are top guys. They only need to be against, they need to be, to be whatever they can have done. They need to be against top guys. <laughs> Speaking of which, yeah. Jungle Boy versus Luchasaurus is an under the radar match right now that I yeah. think is a big match. I think that'll be a really, really good match. Yeah, I think it would too. Well, yeah, it's just to me, it's a, it's, it, that is an under the radar feud at the moment. We got a, yeah. we got some heat for it this week. And to me, that's a big match. When I look at a pay-per-view lineup, I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. that's a big one right there, even though it's right. not for a That's title. one of those ones that I think Jeff would say, book the match now so that they can promo yeah. about it for three weeks. Yes, absolutely. Weeks, you know? I mean, I don't know what the um, Luchasaurus' promos would sound like. Um, yeah. I hope it would be <laughs> him repeating single words from yes. Christian Cage and just, ugh. <laughs> Like that, mm-hmm. I, it would. I, you know what? I would love an extended promo from him, not unlike the promo we got from the ECW Zombie. 
in one of the greatest matches <laughs> for wrestling history. Yes. That I'd be all about. That's right. I need to eat Jack Perry's brains. That's right. I could see the them man. being like false Kennedy Bear or something for that. Oh, my God. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, all right. The You've got here in the notes, the elite return is, is closing in. It's coming. The yeah. elite is coming. I like the uh, should have worded video that they differently. Made. <laughs> oh, yeah, where they were erased from Trio's title history. Yeah. Making us realize, well, just, okay, they're coming back and they're coming for the titles. Right. And I like that's that. That's what that told me. Yeah. yeah, that's what that told me, too. I like how clever it was. And plus, being a, a guy with video background, I was pleased and interested to know that they use Avid Media Composer in the... Uh, uh, oh, that's AW right. You can the see scenes. the screen. Okay. Yeah, you can see that's his project really file and everything. I've never used it, so I had that no idea the, what, that that, what I was looking at. Cleanest project file I've ever seen in a video, professional <laughs> video environment. That was an uncluttered. That was an uncluttered bin. I know All what you're right. talking about. That that I know what you're talking about. Okay. Nice. So now is it time, Kevin? It's time. Is it time for the heat? We have 20, the heat index. 21 minutes and 15 seconds. You know, I thought I thought early on when you said when we talk about Colt Cabana, we're going to get a little sidetracked. I thought, yeah, not really. No. I was incorrect. All right. Well, as always, I like yeah. that we start with the honorable mention. So let's what's the honorable mention this week, Kevin? Uh, it's celebrities, but really it's the big the biggest boss, Rick Ross. Biggest boss, Rick Ross, is the greatest thing in pro wrestling today. Look, I I know Logan Paul is good. Rick Ross is better. This man cut a phenomenal promo. He he ran this segment. He needs to be signed by AEW full-time if they can afford him. And I don't know if they can afford the biggest boss. I don't know if they can. I hope they do. He was better than Mike Tyson this week. I haven't seen the Logan Paul match yet, but I guarantee you in – I guarantee you, pound for pound, TV time, <laughs> pound for pound. He was he he was better. It was freaking phenomenal. It was phenomenal, and an advanced storyline, and fit yeah. into both characters. Like it completely and, helped tell the story of Swerve, like getting too full of himself, and you know, believe he, he's a rap mogul and all this stuff instead of just a yeah. tag team. Uh, all about uh, some accusations accusations keep it positive he had champagne for tony like he was he was magic keith lee showed up halfway through this by the way there he was saying that he's not only going to make he's not only about making um sort of strickland like the top guy in professional wrestling but the but the best-selling artist in music as well i don't know what's happening there but that's exciting to hear keith lee shows up He's excited to see the biggest boss, Rick Ross. Um, everything's going well until he starts saying, like, hey, man, you cheated against so-and-so. You cheat then again, accusations. Yep. And um Rick Ross ended up booking a a, a four-way tag team match. Eight uh what yeah, four on four. What was the match again, Kevin? I have no memory of what the match was. It's uh Swerve and Lee and the ass boys and the ass against boys. FTR and the acclaimed. You know, I'm assuming this whole thing is built to help elevate the ass boys. Yeah. And assuming they are at a point to be ele- elevated, this could be really good. But um, but 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 Keith Lee is not sleeping 
on all the the things that, that, that Swerve Strickland's up to. And by the way, Swerve is now accusing Keith of going radio silent on him, even though Keith Lee texted him multiple right. times throughout the week. That's right. Um, Just which, like Hulk which, Hogan was texting Orndorff. Or no, it was Orndorff texting Hogan, and Hogan wouldn't that's right. respond. That's right. Um, and by the way, I, I really enjoyed Swerve's response to these accusations was not unlike when Aubrey Edwards threw someone out of the match, thus knocking one of the members of Proud and Powerful off the side of the ring. Yeah. He had a <laughs> That's right. physical response to these accusations <laughs> yes. that I, I very, did. very much enjoyed. I'm really ready for, for Swerve and Keith to both be top singles guys. Yeah. Um, which I've just I've wanted since the beginning. I've really enjoyed their run though together. It's been really entertaining. And I this to. lead to the breakup is is a it's a it's a fun road we've been going down. It's good and it makes sense. It's progressed. The only thing that doesn't make sense is why Keith Lee would continue to tease with him after he saw him torture somebody. Yeah. Uh, he he literally um he literally crippled a man. Yeah. Crippled his hands, right? Making him in unable to scissor for a brief period of time, right? Until without, we got without the day- a mechanical assistance. Yes, but luckily we got some mechanical assistance in the form of foam hand merch, yeah. which we should have seen coming. Yeah. Uh, right. Number yeah. five. Oh wait, no, this oh. wasn't just Rick Ross. It was Mike Tyson, the biggest boss, Rick Ross, and Lamar Jackson, who Chris Jericho called out right he was questioned about yeah this week um kind of at media days yeah man that's good though they got a little it's really little, good yeah nfl media day they're asking him about chris got Jericho. Yeah. yeah and uh he didn't you know he was he kind of missed it <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you could Which, tell lamar jackson was not fully engaged when chris jericho was uh, calling him out I love that at the same moment you had to cough, I had to I had to yawn, and we probably just had yeah. a little bit of radio <laughs> silence there for a brief moment. Okay, number five. Who you got? I got Jamie Hader. I almost had Orange Played Cassidy in the game right now, and okay. I but I I feel like I, I'm continuing to show Jamie love and support and into her big moment. Well, as the fans continue to show her love and support, I feel like even though. Orange had a big moment this week. Jamie is involved in a bigger, in a bigger feud and a bigger angle. And this is right. kind of all about angles, about what angles are hot. And this one's yeah, hot. And that's right kind now. of it. Really is. That's kind of that's kind of what I when I when I lay these out. I'm trying to think like not so much who who was hot looking backward, but who do I feel like is hot going into next week? And Orange yeah. Cassidy, I feel like there was kind of a period on the end of that sentence last week yep. it's like hey i beat yes. shibata thumbs up let's move on whereas it's like i can't wait to see what happens with jamie hater next absolutely and, uh, and i want to throw out um my friends over at the uh, at wrestle talk had a really good point can we not come up with a decent tag team name for for um sky blue and madison rain we've got right. rain we've got sky there's a lot there, of places we could go right there i have the name and we're not going anywhere what's the name fair to partly cloudy <laughs> let's go with it aw we got All the right. name right here on the boom on the boom boom this week for that's, cole cabana that's right i that's, don't know oh why not yeah it should we should i'll work that into the just, title somewhere just kill the kill the whole show here with that <laughs> um 
So I kind of like that you tag asked, match. It was. I really like the tag match. I really think mm-hmm. Sky Blue is is getting better every week. Yeah. Um, teaming with Madison Rain, mm-hmm. and they they ended up pinning Madison Rain, not Sky Blue. Um, yep. But yeah, they've been having really good matches with uh, with with Britt and Jamie, and um, a lot of people really don't. A lot of people are very negative about Britt Baker's work. I think she's been doing really good work lately. I haven't seen any major yeah. major flaws everyone else is seeing. Yeah, she's not blow away, but she's... Um, yeah, you know, look, I she's not Serena Deeb, but she's right. not shutting down matches. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, sliding scale, but but yeah, I don't have an issue with her either. I enjoy her. Um, um, but you asked, I felt like Jamie came out of the match looking like a freaking monster. Million bucks. Absolutely. Yeah. You ask the important questions though here, Kevin. Yeah. Does Jamie does Jamie Hader do the Rainmaker better than Okada? Oh. Yeah. Fair question, I think. Because that Rainmaker is pretty good did. Rainmaker. Pretty she good does Rainmaker. The thing, the thing about Okada, this is super nerdy, but like I love Okada. He's no Jamie Hader. He, yeah. He's amazing. Yeah. I love the Rainmaker as a move. I don't really love how he does it because he's kind of he just kind of is like all vertical and kind of stands there and he doesn't have uh-huh. like the physique to like, you know, look like that. All I have to do is walk through you to knock you down. When Jamie right. Hader throws a rainmaker, she is throwing you all the way out. She's like she's like squatting her legs down like to pull you back and she pulls back with everything she has and dives into that clothesline. That lady's and, putting the mustard on it, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, she is. She put some stank on it. Man. Yeah. Look, I'm I'm on the record. I think Okada is a better wrestler than Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. I agree. And yet now we're saying Jamie Hader may do his finishing move better than him. Yeah. Wrestling math, that makes Jamie Hader the best. He's still business. got a better drop kick. It's fine. That's true. That is absolutely yeah. God dang, he's got a good drop kick. Yeah. Okay, you're gonna So okay, I'm looking forward. Here. I'm looking forward to uh the uh Looking forward to both the uh, Steve Geimer dream match next week of yeah. uh, of a Jamie Hader versus Sky Blue. I think that'll be awesome. In a, as a Best squash. gear in the business, those two women. And I think the match with Tony is going to be, I think it's going to slap. I think that's going to be. Going to be a good match. I, that's going to be good because I think they're probably going to go full stardom on each other. I would love to get a really good promo out of Tony before that, but I don't know if that's yeah. something we can get. I don't At know. Have you point, ever seen Tony give a good promo? Been a long time, Kevin. Okay. Been a I, while. I remember when she came in. I never knew her before that May Young thing when she came in WWE. And I remember thinking, oh, wow, she's like the new star. Right. But then I couldn't ever remember anything she said. And that's so, the thing. She hasn't. I thought her promo this week. She was hasn't good. felt it was good. She hasn't felt like that since she's been in AEW. And I don't know why. I really don't know. Yeah, why. I don't know why either. Uh, I don't I because she was she was that person at one time. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Okay, number four, Samoa Joe. It Man, it wasn't until I was Warden. writing down. Yeah, it wasn't until I was writing down the, you know, the the match listings from everything happened that he was on the main event both nights of uh, Dynamite and Rampage. Um, ROH, man, taking over. He's just never not over. 
You know, like he's Joe always going to do anything. Over. He's always going to be over. And that man is going to come out in a wheelchair one day and people are going to be chanting. Yeah. Joe's going to kill you. Yeah, I'm going to be one of those people. That's right. Like when he's 90 years old, if I'm alive, 100 yeah. percent, pump it up. Big Samoa Joe fan. Let <clears> us all big, know that right now. Yep, that's right. Um, but yeah, the Brian Cage win was that, that was really good. First sign of dissension with Wardlow, Kevin. Yeah. Did you catch that a little? There was uh, there were two things. There was one in the um, Mark Henry uh, post, you know, pre-match uh, little promo where they have the split screen. Um, Wardlow interrupts Joe. Like Joe starts talking, and Wardlow cuts him right. off and starts cut his promo, and Joe kind of like, you know, kind of sneers like, "Okay, whatever, dude." And then at the end of the match, uh, when when um, Hobbs came out, um, to I don't know, just stand there and look menacing. Uh, Looking Joe like the was, Incredible Hulk. Yeah, he was. Joe looks like a monster. He did. And Joe like went to talk trash to him. And Wardlow pushed him out of the way. And Ward, and I swear Joe looked like he was about to choke him out. Uh, oh, man. Which I, I would. I See, I didn't notice the look, and I wish I had. Those are the little things that I love so much. Yeah. I'm going to have to rewatch that. Where he just YouTube. sort of hovered around behind him and uh-huh. like, mm, I could take him right now. So I don't know if that means Samoa that Joe means. versus Wardlow. That's a match I, I can get down for. That guy, that's, that's when you bring Mike Tyson match. back to call. That's exactly right. I would love Mike Tyson on commentary for that one. I wonder All if right. they'll. I wonder if they'll turn that into a triple threat at full gear. Just just rather see the independent matches, meat. dude. Me that's too. a hoss fight right there. Meaty yeah. men slapping meat. That needs to be the yeah. name of this episode. One hundred percent. Number three, Daddy Ass and the Acclaimed, the birthday party. The Daddy Ass they birthday not, bash. They did not take your suggestion, which I thought was very sad. No, but listen, this is one of the few scenarios where I'm kind of glad they didn't. This was a phenomenal birthday bash. We had a, an almost had a ado- full on adoption ceremony. Yeah, <laughs> give me a good adoption any day of the week in my pro wrestling, and I'm a happy camper. Yeah, we got we got the foam scissor hands, uh-huh. which I'm honestly like, did they debut this week? I feel like that should have always existed. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We got we got scissors. We got cardboard scissors donated by a kid in the crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very odd that they're like 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 g- give us your presents for daddy ass. Right. Um. Thank God they found a single present. The world's greatest daddy trophy was so wonderful. Great. It was glorious. Yeah. Um, I loved it every was, second of this, Kevin. It was everything I, I wanted it to be. It's it's the kind of thing that like it's either really bad or really good. And and yeah. I, you know you could you could nitpick and complain about certain things, but this was just pure goodness. It was just pure. Just pure yeah, love. You could, pure be, pro wrestling you could nitpick love. and complain, or you could be a human being and love the acclaimed <laughs> because everybody loves the acclaimed. The fun part, the the thing I loved about it is um I just have grown to just love uh Anthony Bowen so much. And he's become this person that is just himself. And he's this amped up version of himself. And when he's out there, uh, you know, like there was a part of that that was just a fun, ridiculous skit, and there was another part of it that was two young guys really showing love to a guy who's been a mentor to them, 
And yeah. and you when he was saying, Hey, you've been a great mentor to us, you've, you know, shown us a lot of things. You know, you've done this, you've done that, you were in the worst match and whatever. Which, that felt, you know, that felt real to you. It felt real to me uh, on, an, on another level in that it was just, it was genuine appreciation. And the smile on Billy Gunn's face, you know, that he missed the DX reunion for this. And oh, the DX wow. reunion went over like a dud. And this was, you know, to 2022, Billy Gunn is the most over guy on the show. <laughs> yeah. Like, how good does that feel? Every member of DX, <laughs> their best years were in the past, and we don't know that's true of Billy Gunn because he's the hottest thing going in AEW right now. Absolute yeah. hottest. I've never loved Billy Gunn more than I love him right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, outside of him, the only member of DX that, that that's having a great time right now is Triple H. That's it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, Sean Michaels. Work he's got, <laughs> but he's got to yeah, work Shawn a lot Ma- harder. He's got to work a lot harder. Sean <laughs> Michaels is employed, but also has no hair, which doesn't make for the best Sean Michaels of all time. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it was um, super fun. And they let it go. They let it breathe. And uh, and then uh, then the guns had to come out and ruin it and, and prevent their new brothers from joining the family. I really hope we we don't completely abandon the adoption angle. I hope we move forward with that. Um, yeah, they number, didn't get to sign no, it. No, they they didn't yet. Yeah. And and again, who knows? If, uh, as we know, documents can only be signed on pro wrestling television, not off camera. Right. So right. We'll and see they what happens. Negated just by tearing them up, so they need to protect them. Absolutely. That's how you destroy. That's how you win a trademark claim is by right. getting your hands on the paperwork and destroying it. Yep. Number two, Kevin. Oh, gosh. I hate to even say this, but it's Jeff Jarrett. You son of a I feel bitch. Like, I feel like coming out of the show, that's what people are talking about is what's Jeff Jarrett going to do. I wanted to say Shibata. I wanted to say Orange Cassidy or, gosh, I don't know, the world champion John Moxley. But yeah, Jeff Jarrett. Or MJF. Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. But no MGF this week. Mox was just doing his Mox thing. And, you know, Jeff Jarrett made a mark, made an impact, you might say. Yes. Yes, he did. He did make an impact, Kevin. Yeah. Oh, and I hope he doesn't continue to make an impact. I know. I hope this is a short thing and he's just there to get cold cash money. You know, uh, I'll say this. My actual greatest hope would be that we get the Jeff Jarrett that we always could. We. Again, I don't think he's ever been used right. Maybe they could use him perfectly and we could get an awesome character for a long time. If that can happen, that would be great. If not, I hope we get something really cool for a short period of time before he internally destroys the company. I think that's a hope we can all have. Um, I like that in the notes you said he's kind of pulling the Dan Lambert gimmick, which made me realize, man, I've really missed Dan Lambert and... I've really missed, um, man, Top I just lost it. No, I just Scorpio missed uh, Sky? Kenny Omega's guy. Um, oh, Callis. One of my absolute favorites, Don Callis yeah. and Dan Lambert. Yeah. I hate that we don't have them right now, but Jeff Jarrett might be a decent replacement because we know Dan, we know, we know Don Callis is coming back very, very soon. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing Dan Lambert is, is busy right now managing um page van zant's um only fans which yeah. is <laughs> by all accounts uh, uh, a raging success 
Might be. That's word on the street. Yeah. Word on the street. Everywhere I've been, I've made an impact. Good Lord. Yeah. Um, he trashed the that. rabid, delusional AEW fan base. Yeah. Um, I did really like the idea that they're going with that Darby's idolization of Sting is his greatest weakness. Yeah. Um, it's something that it's it's a different angle that uh, could be really interesting. We'll see uh, if they kind of keep going with it. They and, go a lot um, of different ways. They could they could they could turn Darby, which I don't think you can really do because I don't think Darby no can't. Darby's heal. a face for life, but and I don't think Sting know, can be a heel either. No, but you could do a Darby Sting match for respect, yeah. like a thing of like that would I have be, to beat you. I have to beat you, and and the yeah. only guy that the only guy that Sting puts over on a pinfall is, is Darby. Is Darby? I would like that. I wouldn't mind that at all. I also really would like to. I, I would not hate a Sting versus Jeff Jarrett one on one. I I wouldn't hate that yeah, at all. I bet they would. I'd love to see would, that. Yeah, I I think they'd have a very. I think they'd have a very good match together. I really do. I think they would too. Yeah. Also, all right. Oh, it's ahead. interesting. Real quick before we get to number one, I think it's really interesting that we keep getting guys like Christian Cage and Jeff Jarrett that do the brief stint in WWE. And then the WWE just kind of tosses them out, and AEW grabs them and uses them effectively. And, and I do really, I do, I am serious when I say, as negative as I was about this Jeff Jarrett appearance, I would love it if they're able to use him really effectively. I, I would seriously love it. All right, number one, number one for the first time, I think, and I, and this week when I realized I just kind of have a bias against him, and it's Chris Jericho. Chris they- Jericho, Cole Cabana. I think was a really big deal for AEW. I, I think this mm-hmm. match was a big deal, and uh, I, I think this is the right pick for number one. I really do. I think I would have yeah, had Orange like, Cassidy Shibata in here somewhere, but yeah. I you kind of you can't take out Jamie Hayter. Samoa Joe really was the kind of the the big deal on both shows. Daddy Ashley claimed you can't get rid of him. You're right. Everybody was talking about Jeff Jarrett, so I don't know who you would take out. Yeah, to input Orange Cassidy and Shibata. Um, but yeah, this was a big F you to CM Punk. Like you've gotten the notes. Yep. <laughs> um, and I think a lot of people like that. Cause a lot of people are really down on how negatively CM Punk affected mm-hmm. this company for the last few months. Yeah, I think so. And, and it also just sort of continues to give you that sort of unconscious, um, implied statement of who's running the show right now. And it's Chris Jericho, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. he's, he's the lead guy and both Chris it, Jericho know. and John Moxley have been incredibly effective, not only in mm-hmm. stepping up to help, to help embolden the company when they needed it, mm-hmm. but they've also kind of seized some power when no one else was seemingly, when there was a vacuum, there was a there power was a vacuum, vacuum and, yep. and they grabbed it and they filled it and they were the right guys to do it. And I think Jericho, and I'm not saying all this is Jericho's booking or Jericho's plan, but I know that he is, you know, a ton of influence over how his stories go and, and probably yes. his guys as well. Um, you know, there's so much that is swirling around him right now. You've got a four-way match going. You've got the entire BCC subplot with Wheeler Yuta and Garcia and mm-hmm. Danielson and Claudio and Regal. And, you know, Regal might spin off to MJF or something, but... You know, you've got all that going on and he's just at the center and, um, you know, and now he's bringing Sammy into it. And so it's like he's that show is kind of orbiting around him. 
in a way Every, that even makes the, me t- the title picture yeah. everything yeah right in that you know he's got essentially a secondary title but it's it's really more like wwe now where it's like you've got two world champions which i don't love but yeah. it's kind of hard to say when you talk about like from a storyline perspective and from a like which 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 uh rain is has more is has been meatier you know has had more meat to it is it jericho I'm going or with the ocho they won i'm going with yeah. the ocho i he's, think so he's got i feel like moxley is handing out matches to whoever wants yeah. them and Maybe jericho already- is presenting himself as someone that people are going after yes you know like people want you people like they literally had an interview segment this week Art where, you know, it was, it was Claudio and Brian both wanting him and which one's going to get the shot, which one's going to get the opportunity. Yeah. And they each, they had a segment where they just asked, literally asked him. To get. Yeah. yeah, which it is a tie, which a, a match with the world champion, even whether it's title, a title match or not, should always be right. a difficult thing to get. Um, Moxley's just dropping them. They're falling out of his pockets going through the airport. Right. The way I see it. Yeah. You know, so yeah. no, the the Ocho is the guy. He's the straw that's stirring the drink. Everything's revolving mm-hmm. around him. He's the man right now. And um Moxley, I, I don't know. It's it's an interesting thing how how Moxley um maybe they don't want Moxley to top that right now because it's all about this is all about leading up to the MJF title reign. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um this is something I think we'll probably have to talk about a lot more next week. Who, what was your match of the week, Kevin? Uh, Orange and Shibata. It was just too bizarre. That's what I'm going to remember. I think absolutely. That's all I'm going to remember from this week. And my should have been on Dynamite for the week was FTR versus uh, Jeff Cobb of the Great Ocon on um, New Japan's Battle. I think Battle Autumn was the name of the show. Battle Autumn, um, I think. Yeah, I watched that tonight. Definitely, too. definitely one to check out. We are a little bit over time here. So from me, from Kevin Neely, from everybody here at Fight Game Media. Have a great week, everybody, and we hope to see you again back here next Tuesday.